Microphone time. Yeah, there is a microphone here. That means we must be here for another episode <laughs> of American Brews and Tunes. Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song. It's a good song, just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity Wow. Thank you for joining us. This is episode 23 of American Brews and Tunes. My name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. Correct, you are. <laughs> and for all of you who know what this show is, great. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in again. For everybody else, this is a no-nonsense show. Exactly. This is a show where we talk about only the good stuff. Beer and music. Which is literally the only two great things. Yeah, everything else is not great. It's just, it's just not. Uh, fact. It is fact, yes. 100% fact. So every week, uh, uh, every other week I should say, we are yes, a bi-weekly week. podcast. Every other week we, we come together and talk about music and beer. Uh, I recommend a punk rock-ish album for Jesse to listen yep. to. And he recommends a folk indie something folk else. indie alternative. Alternative album for me whatever to Whatever else. To. So we, we come back and review those albums all while trying brand new beers. That, Why is that? How is that not good, right? It's it's not good. It's great. Exactly. It's a recipe for success. <laughs> From she- Chef Steven. From Chef Steven. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Uh, so for those of you who listened in last episode, you already know what we've been listening to. Yep. Uh, for everyone else, I guess we should let you know. Why not? You know what? Um, last, uh, well, two weeks ago, you recommended me... The album called Green Star. Green Star. Green Star. Green Star. It's actually just one green star, yeah, but just green star you'll understand in a second, everybody. By the band, all capitals, Pears. Pears. The, the title, their, their name is in all capitals. Is it? It's not called all capitals, Pears. Yeah, it's just Pears. <laughs> yeah. But they have it in capital letters. Yeah, it's, all, it's in all capitals. Yeah. Capital letters, that is. Not in, well, I guess maybe it's in, they're in all the capitals of the states. Now that we've had a fun discussion about <laughs> capitals, which I don't know probably 90% of the capitals in the U.S. <laughs> no, yeah, you're really bad at yeah. geography. I know, uh, Pittsburgh, or I mean, Pennsylvania's is Harrisburg. <laughs> it's not Pittsburgh. <laughs> the other burg in, in you Pennsylvania. You know, uh, Tennessee's, right? Uh, I'm assuming it's Nashville. I think so. I've <laughs> <laughs> lived here for a while and I don't really know. I'm pretty sure it is. I don't even know what Minnesota's is. St. Paul. Oh, you learn something new every day. <laughs> yes, you wow. do. Wow. I guess that would explain why the Capitol building is in Nashville. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Obviously. So Jesse's been listening to Green Star by Paris, and I've been listening to In the Aeroplane Over the Sea by Neutral Milk Hotel. And it's yes. not airplane, it's aeroplane. Aeroplane, as yes. the French say. As the French and Neutral Milk Hotel say. Yes. And I believe they're from somewhere in Louisiana, so maybe there's, there's a little bit of French influence in there. Yeah, a and, little bit. And uh, Paris is from New Orleans, so Louisiana. Oh, really? It's, it's Louisiana week, if you ask wow. me. Is New Orleans the capital of Louisiana? <laughs> um, no. It's either that or Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge? Yeah. Is that how they, Baton, Baton Rouge? Yes, they pronounce it Baton Rouge. 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 Baton Rouge. And I don't know what baton means, but I... Th- oh, Rouge. The battle of Baton Rouge. Rouge oh. is red, I believe. Yeah. F- all, fr- all Francais. All Francais. Isn't there a movie in that's f- got Rou- Moulin Rouge? Moulin Rouge, yeah. Yeah, I think it's like... You ever seen the movie Moulin? Yeah. It's like that, but I'll... It's like that. They put a red lens over the camera. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's not what it is. Completely different. Yeah, those are very different. But um, Disney, if you want to, you know, get on that, yeah, that'd be kind of nice. You ever see Mulan 2? Um, maybe like one time. 
I don't remember much of it, but I do remember that I think it tainted the first Mulan for me a little bit. Yeah, the I first just, one is probably a lot better. Like, did you ever see Pocahontas too? No. Well, I probably did, but I don't remember it. She is, I believe she's in, she goes to England. It's weird. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not right. That's kind of, it's uh, Odd. strange. Yeah. Maybe I'll revisit those movies, but that's, we, we regressed too much right there. Um, that's all right. We'll, we'll come back to our music reviews, but uh, in the meantime, let us talk about our brews, shall we? Yes. We shall. This week, both Jesse and I are drinking IPAs of sorts, and they're both in pint-sized cans. Yes. Can you believe that? And they're uh, they're like the same thing too. Uh, not 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 the same. They're beer, definitely not the same thing. But, but the same, same can, style. same can, and like there's a just like a sticker over the can. Yeah. Um, I've been noticing the same that style of IPA also, I believe. Double IPA. Well, mine's not double, but it's a New England style IPA, and I believe oh, yours yeah, is as yeah, well. Oh yeah, 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 it is. Uh, this week I'm having a beer from 450 North Brewing Company, which I think I've had some other stuff from them, but I, I'm not too familiar with the brewery. They're from Columbus, Indiana. Go figure. Hmm. Uh, but the beer is called Six Piece Nugget, New England style IPA. Six Piece Nugget. And on the on the the can, there's this little looks like a takeout container of chicken nuggets, and one's got what I would assume is barbecue sauce on it. It looks like some Barabbas Q. Yeah. Yeah, little known fact, barbecue um, is everyone's favorite sauce, but it was originally called <laughs> Barabbas Q. Yep, from the guy who um, invented it. Yeah. His name was William H. Barabbas. Yes. And so he said, you know They're what? They're like, give us, take the, t- take the sauce, we want Barabbas. <laughs> and he was like, wow, why are they choosing me over sauce? I should make a sauce. Yeah, so he made Barabbas Q sauce. <laughs> yeah. Because they're like, they're, he's like, try my Barabbas Q sauce. And they're like, what? Barbecue sauce? He's like, no, no, that's not what it's called. But it was too late. <laughs> so, it was too late. The legend was born, and now we are propagate, or propagating his legend. Yes. Is that the right word? Propagating? I, I really don't know, but it sounds correct, so I'm going to go with it. We're continuing to speak of his yeah. legend. So that's that's the brew I'm going to be having. Uh, what, what are you having this week? Attention, please! I'm going to tell you the name of my beer now. Okay. Attention, please! Yes, that is the name of your beer. Yep. <laughs> Jesse was playing a great joke on everyone. Yeah. The beer is actually called probably, Attention, Please. It probably fooled everybody. What brewery is it? It's from Bearded Iris Brewing from right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, that's one of my favorite Nashville breweries, actually. They're so good. It, yeah, they're um, they're fantastic. Yeah, they make a lot of hazy IPAs, which are lot, which is lot, perfect. A lot different than the uh, the West Coast style, which are a little bit more piney yes. and resinous. And Yeah, these ones are just kind of juicy and sweet. Juicy and, and citrusy and delicious. So wait, what say you? I say... What say you? <laughs> I say, what say you, Barabbas Q? I say, let's... Let me eat... Let them eat chicken nuggets. I'm having this beer. <laughs> let them drink beer. Let them drink beer. All right. Let them drink beer instead. Let us crack these cans, All shall right. we? We yep. shall. We shall. Oh, mine had a weird... Mm. Mm. Mine's foaming a little bit. Oh my gosh, this smells so good. Mine smells like pineapple. I wish that uh, wish <laughs> I wish that we could have some type of <laughs> thing that would translate smell through this microphone into your ears. Would that I was gonna say that'd be like four D, but they don't actually have the visual dimension, so it would technically that'd be like six D. Like, they have it, from the podcast. There's only the dimension of sound. If I am I correct? So it would make two D listening. Well, I don't. I don't. Oh, so you're saying right? it's just one dimensional. Right at the moment. Yeah, my beer is foamy. It's really hard to pour. Yeah, it really is. I've probably poured about maybe half like an inch two sips worth into the the glass, but the foam came up maybe like two inches. So I, I'll, I'm gonna let this cool off a little bit. Let it uh, let it run its course. Let it do its thing. Let it uh let it slide. Yeah, I'll let it slide, uh, and I'm gonna try and pour slowly just to get rid of these this little bubble action. Um, and, and you no can one pour wants, yours. No one wants bubble action up in their beer. No. Ah! No, don't don't overfill your glass now. I thought it was a pint. It is a pint. Isn't this a pint glass? Yes. Jesse's pint gl- glass. This pint glass must be a tinge under 16 ounces. It probably is. Because there's still there's still a little bit left in here. Yeah, there is. I better take a little sipsky before pouring the rest then. Man, we're taking a long time just to pour our beers. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. How is yours taste? It tastes really darn good. Is it uh, got your attention? 
Mm-hmm. It does. It has not only my mind's attention, but also my taste buds' attention. Wow, like half your glass is full of foam. Yeah, I can't taste. I, I don't know how to taste it. I'm gonna I'm gonna let that settle. I'm gonna taste out of the the oh, can. It's so good. Let me try. Let me let me take a little sipski of mine. Ooh. Um. It was very foamy, but it's it's a pretty good. Mine's uh, it's not as juicy as I was anticipating, actually. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna take another sip just to confirm what I'm tasting. Go for it. Will um, it confirm? Confirmed. It's still juicy. Don't get me wrong. Confirmed. Don't don't get me wrong. It's still juicy. Um, but it is doesn't it kinda, have the, the it sweetness to it. Yeah, it's very light. Um, I think it's just really bubbly. I don't know. Kinda, yeah. I think that's the. It's got this like light bubbliness to it. It's just kind of odd for an IPA. Um, I've had a, some some Belgian style beers that are like this, but not yeah. not a, a an IPA like this. Uh, I I kind of like it. It's not my favorite uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but it it fits into the New England style. It's hazy, juicy. True. I wouldn't say it's very sweet though. I'm assuming yours is going to be sweeter. Mine is very sweet. What's it like? Um, it's kind of like biting into an orange and a lemon at the same time. So it's sour? Mm-mm. Then what could you possibly mean? Well, it's sweet, like an orange. But then, okay, I, I shouldn't say biting into a lemon yeah, as well. Yeah, I know. I, 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 should I, say, I, I called you out on that one immediately. I should say, I should say um, it's as if I cut open an orange, poured a little bit of lemon juice on the orange, and then also sprinkled a little hop on there. Oh, so like a hoppy orange. Like a hoppy, slightly bitter. Orange. Slight, not really sour, but kind of... That little bit of sourness that a lemon gives you. Orange. Yeah, that's a kind of a weird descriptor, but I like it. <laughs> it's weird, but I, I, I like it. Yours is super hazy. Yes, it um, is. It's cloudy, uh, which is kind of a, a... Can't see through this glass. I suppose it's not required of a New England well. style IPA, but most New England style IPAs are hazy, which means you can't really see through them. They look cloudy almost. I think there's... Oh, never mind. That was just like some a little spot sediment and stuff. Well, no, yeah, I think there is some sediment in there. Yeah, I think it's some yeast strains and some other fun stuff. But New England style IPAs, I, I quite like them. Yeah, yeah, they've I been like coming them. up recently, and uh, a lot of breweries down here have been starting to brew um, them, and I've really enjoyed them. Correct, I so, enjoy them as well. If you ever get a chance, and a brewery near you has a New England style IPA, give it a shot and let us know what you think. Yeah, I believe it. it obviously it originated from New England. I think I read somewhere that it. Was, one of the original ones was in Vermont. Maybe that makes it was sense, the Heady Topper. Could be. Maybe that is a New England style IPA because that's classic. Well, if uh, if our taste buds differ on these beers throughout the yeah. episode, we will let you know. Time to get into the other portion. Yeah, the let's, tunes. Let's delve in. Let's let's not dip our toes in the water. Let's go all in and jump in with this beast of an album that is in the airplane over the sea. Okay, by New- Neutral Milk Hotel. Hotel. So, Neutral Milk Hotel. Let's let's get a little background up in these okay. guys. Um, They've been around for a while. Uh, yes, a lot longer than I had had thought. Whenever this I album this came out you. in '98, yeah, and it was their last full length to date. They broke oh, really? up after this. Yes. Wow. Uh, I think he got. I don't. I don't. I may be misquoting what I read, but I think he got a little anxiety anxiety from the touring and, oh, really? and the critical some of the success and all that huh. lifestyle. So he they kind of disbanded. Huh. Um, Interesting. Might not be right, but I th- believe that's what I read. Okay. My first encounter with Neutral Milk Hotel was in high school, uh, when I was co arts editor of the Avenues. Oh. Yeah. So technically, oh, yeah. Your my buddy, high school is Avonworth. Avonworth. Right? Yes. Yeah. So we were the Avon News. Avon News. <laughs> uh, technically, my buddy John should have been the arts editor, but we just decided to to forego that. And he's like, "Let's be co arts editors." And I was like, "Yes, let's." <laughs> and at one point in time, I think he gave his top ten albums or top five albums of all time, and he put, I believe he put this album on there. Oh, Neutral really? Hotel. Interesting. And I was like. Weird. That sounds weird. What a weird name. And then I know you gave me this album in college. That's Maybe. Either, either you did or he gave it to me. I think John probably did. I don't think I did. Okay, then he gave it to me. Um, and I think I listened to two songs because I only recognized two songs. Yeah. Uh, the first... Actually, the second and third track. Okay. Um, 
But I didn't really pay too much attention until he recommended it for me. Yep. And I delved, I delved into the background of the album quite a bit. Yeah. And it was only then that I, f- I found out the, the cult status of this album. Really? Mm-hmm. Before you go forward, the first, uh, my first experience with this album was in high school as well. Um, my buddy Nigel Carlton really liked this album, or really likes this album, I guess. He probably still does. Nigel Thornberry. <laughs> that's every time I hear Nigel, that's what I think of. <laughs> oh Sorry, uh, tell your friend Nigel. I know he's not Nigel Thornberry, um, but it's a great shout name. Shout out to Nigel Carlton. Um, but he, during his graduation party, um, he was playing this album on vinyl. It's a very popular vinyl. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? And he was like, Neutral Milk Hotel. And I was like, cool. Cool. And then of the album cover, he has a, uh, like a half sleeve of the album cover. It's a very iconic album cover. You guys have probably seen it before. It's this, I, I think it's a French picture that they, they altered slightly. It's, yeah. it's got this lady like kind of like with her arm in the air. But they put this thing over her face so it almost looks like it's blank. Yeah. I, I've heard speculation that it's a potato. I've heard speculation that it's a tambourine. I don't think it looks like either of those. I just don't know. I it's, think it's just supposed to be like a... Just some blank... Just like a blank portion oval. over top of it. Yeah. Um, but it's a very iconic uh, album cover. You've probably seen it at some point in time. Um, this band kind of like... Jump-started a lot of the... What what we know today now is indie music. Yeah. Um, like Decemberists were super heavily influenced by this. Mm. Uh, so many bands were like directly influenced or, or cite this band as being like their their main source of of uh, getting their their sound together. Mm. And these guys, it's hard to classify a sound for them. Like there's folk, there's like grunge rock, almost like a punkiness to some of it. There's like yeah. psychedelic stuff, straight rock, yeah, indie, obviously. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like it's all, got over all the kind. Place. It's, it's all over the place. But at the same time, it's very unified. Yeah, I guess that's what makes. <laughs> Like any bands sound um, unique and interesting is whenever it like sounds like a whole bunch of other ones. Yes. And so thus it becomes its own genre almost. And after hearing this and knowing the Decemberists were influenced off that one album, The Hazards of Love, I can see a little bit in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, upon first listen, people may listen to his voice and be like, oh, yeah, that's a voice. <laughs> Because he's uh, very nasally, mm-hmm. uh, head voicey, I guess is the best way to describe it. Yeah, um, it may. I think it could be off-putting to some people. Yeah, I, I kind of like it. It's weird. Same. It's it. It's almost like the weaker than's nasally and yeah, high 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 register. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's very interesting voice. Um, and a quick note. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll read this at the front. Um, I, I upon my. My in-depth research of this album on face on Wikipedia, on Facebook, not Facebook on Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, he, I, there are multiple sources. Um, even him, he himself, Jeff, I believe is his name. Jeff, what's his last? Magnum, Ma- Mangum, Mangum, Mangum. Jeff Mangum has cited that uh, the diary of Anne Frank was a huge influence on this this hmm. record. That um, makes so, a lot of sense. Yeah, but. Uh, I won't. I won't analyze every song with that, with that lens. With that scope. scope. I won't scope that. I won't scope it out, yo. Um, so I'm gonna put though tracks one and two are their own individual tracks. I'm just gonna lump them together. That's fine. Um, track one is called "The King of Carrot Flowers Part One," and track two is called "The King of Carrot Flowers Part Two and Three. Yeah. So it's like three different parts put into two songs. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give this a recommendation. Oh, wow. And I gave it a rating of five airplanes over the sea. <laughs> it's, it's not very unique, but I thought it was funny. Five airplanes over the sea. Five aeroplanes. Aeroplanes. Oh, my, my apologies. All right. So I'll, I'll just go over each part individually real quick. Okay. Um, part one's really simple and, and straightforward. It's just him and, and the acoustic guitar mostly. And I, th- I want to say it's about growing up. It sounds like growing up, but it's got this weird dichotomy like two different parts like there's mm-hmm. like this one happiness about growing up and hanging out with someone and where they discover each other's bodies and it's like growing yeah. up and then there's the i also we have abusive parents aspect yeah. like one stands is like we're le- we're growing up we're learning life and then the next stands is 
Oh, mommy stuck a, a fork, fork in dad's daddy's, shoulder. Daddy's shoulder, yeah. And he threw the garbage all over the all over the floor, yeah. Which I did read was autobiographical of uh, Jeff Mangum. Really? Yes, that wow. I believe that happened to his parents. He had some abusive parents. So it's it's got a cool different uh, dichotomy. Daddy's shoulder, and it's it's a catchy song. It's really catchy. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and it goes straight into to the next track, which is um, King of Carrot Flowers Part Two and Three, with this nice little drone instrument, and then this weird banjo starts doing this little picking ding 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 and this is the one one of the songs i knew from high school yeah because he comes in saying i love you jesus christ and he holds that it's just really funny jesus christ now i love you yes i do yeah um, but it's it's just kind of interesting, and I, I read some interviews from from the singer, and he he said it's not really about religion per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he kind of got really deep, and I didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> but it's I'll it's, have to look that up. Yeah, I I I can't remember, and I didn't write it down. But I, I I know he said it's not particularly him saying like, yay for Christianity by any stretch mm-hmm. of the imagination. Um, but it's really catchy, and that goes on for a little while and gets heavier and heavier. Um, and I think it's kind of cool. He, he he definitely hits all of his notes really well when he sings, mm-hmm. but when he's holding out those long uh, Jesus Christ, you can hear how unsteady his voice is, which is kind of nice. I was like, all right. Yeah, Icon- like, all iconic right. singers don't not have perfect. to be perfect. Not, yeah, not perfect singers. There's hope for us after all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and it, it builds and builds into uh, part three of, of the song, which is like chaotic and rambunctious. So it's like this, I'd say like a punky garage rock. <laughs> And it's so distorted and fast, and it's up and over, and it's yeah. just. It's, it's, I think it's also about like growing up, also and being born. Um, a lot of people, have, I've read a lot of interpretations of this song where they they refer to one line as being born, like he talks about, I'll float until I learn to swim. Is that what it is? Yeah. Um, but he has a line that says that I'll float until I learn to swim. I'll spit until I learn to speak. Mm-hmm. And then the the best the best one is my favorite, where he says, I'll shout until they understand what i'm saying i think that's what it is i shout i'll shout i'll keep shouting until they understand me mm-hmm. um i don't think i got that quote 100 percent correct but but it's, the, it's, the general idea, the general idea. so it's um those two individual tracks which contain three parts yeah uh flow seamlessly so i'm counting them as one song okay that's my first recommendation nice pretty good uh really good start to the album uh, yeah for sure it's fun yeah um song number three uh, is called In the Aeroplane Over the Sea. Mm-hmm. Title track. Go figure. Yeah. Bands like to do that. Um, this is the other song I also knew from high school, and it, it's yeah. probably, I'd say it's their most popular song, maybe. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I would think so. Even though, like I said, this album's cult status, and I, I bet you a lot of people would say, they're they're all the best songs, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, this this one is the most, uh, most radio-friendly. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, I gave this five aeroplanes over the sea, and I recommended it. Nice. Um, very catchy, like I said. Uh, very memorable. Um, and this is the first time we hear somebody playing the saw, which the I saw, think they call yeah. it the sing saw. I watched. A, I, I had to look up a lot of YouTube videos of people playing the sing saw. It's mm-hmm. literally a saw that you would like saw a tree down. Those big metal ones that are really flimsy. Yep. So what someone will do is they'll take the handle and put it uh, in between their legs, and then hold the uh, far end of the saw and they'll make like an S bend they'll, they'll bend it twice so it makes an S shape and they'll play a violin bow on it mm-hmm. and maneuver it up and down to change the pitch yep. really really unique the first time I heard it I actually thought it was a thera, theram, theremin is that what those um, electric, electronic things you know theremin I, I know what you're talking about Yeah. I thought it was that and then I remembered you telling me about the saw on this album yeah, and, that's, and, and that's when I was like oh that's the saw Yeah. for sure Yep, Nigel played the saw in the talent show. That's pretty cool. On this, I think it was, I think they played this song. Him and I think it was Dylan Anderson. I think, they, I think I think they played this song for the talent show, and I was that like, sense. "That's pretty awesome." It is pretty awesome. You, it, it, you don't think people can play a saw as a musical instrument until you see it, mm-hmm. and it's it sounds very unique and it's cool. It's very, and very it's, cool. Yeah, it's got this high register and it's kind of like got this like nice whining sound to it. Yeah, so it's a cool instrument and it's it's fitting in this song. It's it's a slower song. Um, <clears throat> oh, I was just reading that. It sounds like a theremin. Um, thematically, I think the song is about fate, kind of, and, and yeah. like accepting that we all die in the end. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, there's a lot, or a little bit more than that. Um, he mentions Anna's ghost at one point in time, which I'm going to mm. go on a limb and say it's probably about Anne Frank. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, his his lyrics are dense, to say the least. The airplane They're the obscure. Sea. They're really obscure and out there, and it's hard to... to like, on, on American Bruising Tunes, we don't claim to know what the songs mean. No, uh, definitely not. We just Unless the, the author comes out and says it. Or unless the song says, I walked to the store and I bought some bread. <laughs> Obviously, we know what happens there. <laughs> but then I went home and made a sandwich. Yeah, we know exactly what happens in that song. Yep. Um, we, we like to advocate taking the song and interpreting for yourself because it, a lot of music's made to, to, for the listener to interpret yeah, their own. For sure. We will never claim we know what they say. Having said this, I don't know what to interpret for a lot of these lyrics because they're so out there. I was like, what? Yeah. Wait, what? There's a piano on fire in France? What's that yeah. mean? Yeah. Because I, I mean, he obviously isn't. I don't know. I don't know if that's literal. I don't. I have no idea. It's just. It's mm-hmm. so odd. Um, well, I think no, I think you probably got it right saying it, it's kind of about fate. Well, kind of about fate. Yeah. yeah. And there's there's obviously and a lot more going on there. I just don't know. This is the song where he's talking about a specific girl, right? Like. What a beautiful face I have found in this place that mm-hmm. is circling all around the sun. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um. It seemed, and he's saying. Uh, I think there's one line where he says like, "What? What's so strange us, to be anything at all?" You, you yeah. reference that line a lot. I know. I that. like that line a lot. Yeah. Um. But he also says like, "But for now, for now, we're young, so let's." Lay in the sun and count every beautiful thing that we see. I yes. think is what the line is. Saying, "Well, we're gonna die, but let's like just now sit here for and for now. Let's let's enjoy life. life yeah. Pretty much, it's a pretty cool thing. Uh, there's no chorus in the song, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of some no effects songs. Um, it's soft, unlike the last song, because uh, it comes from doom, dig it, dig it, doom. heavy like punk grunge yeah. fast to yeah. this nice soft. It almost sounds like the other one was like an overdriven acoustic guitar. It could have been. It's hard to, to tell. It's super lo-fi. This yeah. whole album's really lo-fi and it's very intentional. Yeah. Um, but it's it's sequenced very well. It's meant to be listened to front to back. Mm-hmm. Um, I love albums like that. I, I also think I read there was a list somewhere where it's like the top like 20 vinyl records you need to own or something. I think this was in That their, was in them. Like probably mm-hmm. Pitch... I don't know which... Maybe BuzzFeed or Pitchfork. I don't know what it was, but it was yeah. a good list. Hmm. Um, on to track number four, which is called Two-Headed Boy. Two-Headed Boy. <laughs> I know it's a very Play popular song, but it's not my favorite. Um, I gave it three aeroplanes over the sea. Okay. That's uh, not bad. Still a pretty good rating. Yeah, it's, it's faster, but it's acoustic. Mm-hmm. Um... And I didn't complete a, my thought on, in my notes. I can't read what I'm what I'm saying here. Um, it's hard to interpret. I said that faster, but acoustic and and voy. My, we don't know what I say here, but uh, in this enough. in this portion, maybe Steve has worse handwriting than me. Yeah, it's true. I do. I'm a fool. Which brings me to track number five, which is called the, <laughs> the fool. fool. <laughs> uh, this is the first instrumental which we uh, encounter. Yep. Uh, it's got horns and all kind of cool stuff going on, and I've read a lot of people who interpret that this as a like a march, like a death march, mm. and they're like it's it's to signify World War Two because all the Nazis because the next song is very World War Two focused. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it sounds like a march at all. It, it sounds like a nice like slow waltz. Right. I mean, like, it sounds more dancey than marchy. I, I can understand why people well, will say I mean, that. I don't know if like we coming from a studying music have probably maybe a different definition of what a march is maybe but i'm saying it sounds like like a, a like marching sounds... prisoners like the march of war that's that's what i'm saying people will say that it's to signify that but i every time i hear it i just think waltz dance is it in three four yes okay well that's okay do you get what i'm saying though? yeah i know what you're saying like they maybe don't define march in the same way but i'm not defining it as a musical march i'm just saying the, the you know what I, I, mean? I understand uh, i gave it three aeroplanes over the sea um, mm. There's another instrumental later, which I like a lot more, but yeah, perhaps it's to signify the war. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but on to song number six, which is called Holland 1945. I gave this four aeroplanes over the sea, and oh. I wanted to give it an honorable mention, but I didn't. Okay. Uh, it's faster and rocky, definitely about Anne Frank, because mm-hmm. uh, there are some lines like... Um, they're talking about her, and the line says, uh, but then they buried her alive one evening, 1945. 
Um, very descriptive imagery in this song, uh, but yeah. it's still very hard to open openly interpret. Um, this is the the line I was talking about the, the piano fire, where there's one mm-hmm. line where it says, "Now she's a little boy in Spain playing pianos filled with flames." Yep. What the heck? <laughs> Did she turn into a boy? No, I don't. I don't think that's what it means. Progressive. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Well, I think I think we're gonna most. He's ahead of his time. <laughs> yeah, Way like, to go, Jeff. This is a 98. Well done, sir. Well done, sir. That's like the one thing that surprised me the most. Because like whenever I was listening to the album, I never knew it was from 98. Yeah, from 1998. And so when I think you told me, you were like, this album came out in 1998. And I was like, what? Like, I thought this maybe came out in mid-2000s. Yeah, yeah. I, after researching and seeing when it came out, I was like, oh, this is old. Yeah. Well, not that 98 that long ago, but I guess in the term of music... In the term Currency. of in the term of after listening to like this album quite a bit, and like hearing how you would have thought it came it out in high school like, or something like that, how much it sounds like it should like it should have come out later than it did, you know, it was just it was just surprising whenever I found that out. Makes sense. Um, moving on to track number seven, which is called "Communist Daughter." I gave us three aeroplanes over the sea. Slows down daughter. big time again because Hall in nineteen forty five was was super fast. Um. It's pretty reserved and it's almost like dragging, like it drags on. Like oh, you mean the drudgingly? Tempo, yeah, wise, yeah. Uh, it's got some strange, vivid sexual imagery. Yep. Uh, uh, if you don't like vivid sexual imagery, this song is not for you. Yeah, but just remember that it's uh, not to be taken in a offensive way, though. No, it's definitely you know? not. Definitely not. But it's it's odd. I didn't really care for that song. Okay. I, I suppose it fit, it fit its purpose in the album, in the, yeah. the grand scheme of things, so I give it, I respect it, but it's not, if I'm ever going to come back and listen to this album, it's not, I would not pick this song. Gotcha. Uh, I wouldn't pick any of the songs that have a rating of three aeroplanes over the sea. <laughs> but I would pick a song that has four aeroplanes over the sea, which brings me to the next song, which is called Oh Comely. A, this song is eight minutes and 18 Guldern seconds long. This so great. It's a chore to sit through this, but it's it's pretty good. Uh, it's slow it's and mainly good. acoustic. I gave this an honorable mention. Nice. Uh-huh. Um, because I think it's... it's uh, If this wasn't track number eight out of 11, I would say it's the centerpiece of the album. Yeah. Um, but it's since it's so far back in the, uh, the, the sequencing, I wouldn't say it's the centerpiece. But it, I'd say it's definitely... It could, it could be. I don't know. Climax. Yeah, it's, it could be that. Um, Usually, a climax what's the word I'm looking for? His, of the way through a story. his magnum opus, maybe. Mm-hmm. Debatably, Debate. Even Debate, though it's yeah. not my favorite, I'd, I'd say I, I could see this. Um, it's very melancholy, uh, and there's some super graphic lyrics, mm-hmm. uh, even more graphic sexual lyrics about, I believe, his father's infidelity mm-hmm. uh, in the middle, and it's it's pretty graphic. Like in reading some of the lyrics, I was like, oh, geez, that's yeah, because it talks about his father uh, getting other women pregnant. Yeah, um, but when he says it, he says, "Put." I think he says, "Putting fetuses in women," something like that. Yeah, which you normally think putting babies in women but with the intent says, of having a baby. So if it put a yeah. fetus in there, is he, is he like getting? There's, other, like, there's like no connection to it. Or is are they like boarding like, a, a child? It's 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 a yeah, lot to think know. about when you. And it's kind of really. This is a super dark song. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's also some some nice stuff in the song too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I think Anne Frank comes back in the end. Uh, and some of the he he makes some mention about that, um, and the song has multiple parts where it sounds like it's going to end, and it comes and to what we call a Picardy third, where oh. they're in a minor song and they end on a major chord. If you've ever listened to Bach, Johann Sebastian Johann Bach, Sebastian Bach um, you will be very familiar with a Picardy third. Yeah. Then you've you've probably heard them before, even if you don't recognize what it is. And so it happens throughout the song in different parts. And at the very end, I want so badly for there to be a Picardy third. I know, right? But it doesn't happen. And Jesse's picking up a guitar. I'm, I believe he's going to show us a Picardy third. Uh, let's do an A minor. Then, and then, then normally you'd end, end with like that. that. But then a Picardy third is that sounds beautiful ending on a major chord instead of a minor chord yeah and it's, it serves a musical purpose depending on what you're trying to get feeling wise or you could just do it for funsies <laughs> yeah, which Steve literally does whenever he hears a minor song 
He always does a Picardy third just for funsies. Like yeah. that one time in choir. Yeah, we, we had a song in choir that ends on a minor chord, and I always just raised the third to make it a Picardy third. But you just kind of like whisper sang it. You were just like... Yeah, but one time our choir director, Dr. Bob, heard it, <laughs> he heard and it. he looked at us, so, in our, he didn't know who it was, but he, he knew someone in our direction did it, so he looked over, he's like, who sang that? And he got really <laughs> mad. Like, I think he was genuinely mad. Yeah, yeah. I was, was like, I was like, yeah, who did that? <laughs> Come on, guys, take this seriously. <laughs> Sorry, Dr. Bob. It was so funny. <laughs> it was funny, but in this song, they have the Picardy third happen throughout the, the multiple stops in the song, but not at the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, and if you listen closely at the very end, someone says holy at the very end. Have really? you heard that? Uh-uh. It's uh, like screams it like you in the back. And I read it's because he did this, like the vocals and guitar all in one take. Oh, really? And they were like, wow, because they were amazed that he did that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Obviously, they went and overdubbed some other stuff, in the, but the, yeah. the main vocal and the main guitar was all one take. Just like sitting down playing it? Yeah. That's so pretty crazy. A, for an eight minute, 18 second, second song, song yeah. that's, that's a feat. Wow. That's two feet. <laughs> It's a couple feet. We'll give him a couple feet there. Yeah, three or uh, four. It's a good song. I, I, uh, it's a chore to sit through, but it's worth it. Um, song number nine is also an honorable mention for Aeroplanes Over the Sea for the song called Ghost. It's fast, and it's just a really fun-sounding song. Yeah. Ghost, ghost, da, da, da. I can't remember any of the lyrics, but yeah. <laughs> um, it's fast. Uh, it's, it's fun. It's really catchy, and it builds really fast. And he's singing to ghosts, mm-hmm. uh, which he reportedly... They were living in a place that he thought was haunted, and so really? he like went into his bathroom and started singing to the ghost. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I think that's that's where part of this came. Um, and I believe he's also singing to Anne Frank potentially at some point point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this song makes me want to dance. I'm not gonna lie. I just want to get up and, and and move my feet. Oh yeah, this starts with a dun 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 goes, and it, it builds like the drums eventually come in. Yeah. But it's good. It's a good song. Um, give it an honorable mention. Uh, number 10 is Untitled. Uh, the other instrumental. Yes, the second and last instrumental. And they call it Untitled, but I saw uh, the the track listing on the vinyl, and the mm-hmm. insert, I believe, and there was no title. Like it, It's, like it's it not said, even called Number untitled. 9, Ghost. 10. Nothing. 11. Two, uh, you know, yeah. So there, it was just the number 10, and there was nothing after it. Huh. So is it called Untitled? Is there no title? I don't know. There's no title, but they probably have to put something in. Yeah, so it's a placeholder, I suppose. I gave it four aeroplanes yeah. over the sea just because it's a really cool instrumental. Yeah. It's so much more exciting than the first instrumental called The Fool. Uh, and there's a bagpipe in this one. <laughs> Everybody loves the bagpipe. Everybody does. Uh, if you don't like the bagpipe, then you're lying to yourself and to everybody. <laughs> it's, it's just so lovable. <laughs> um, song number 11, which is the last song on the album, is called Two-Headed Boy Part 2. Um... I gave this one four aeroplanes over the sea. It was almost an honorable mention. Um, the saw makes a, uh, a another appearance. Another appearance. I believe it's in one other song, but I can't remember. It's definitely in this song, and this might be the saddest song on the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like it's, it's like this someone at the end of their life, kind of like singing. Could be yeah, and making some requests or some comments on life. Um, but it's really cool. The last line of the song is. Uh, don't hate her when she gets up to leave. Yeah. And after that, that kind of rings out. You can hear him, Jeff, that he sets his guitar down and leaves. And gets up out of yes. a chair. And... So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Nice little, what do you call that when something happens in the song re- reflected in the lyric? Um, There's a word for it, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, I we think, we, I think we had this dilemma before, too. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, it, it's really worth your time to listen to this album front to back. Uh, yeah, for sure. My first listen, I was like, oh, this is weird and terrible. Um, <laughs> and then I, I I started to appreciate a lot more. And then after looking at the lyrics, I appreciated it even more. Mm-hmm. And I think I'll like it each time I listen to it. I like it a little bit more each time. Yeah. Uh, but it's 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 iconic, and it's got its cult status for a reason. Yeah. Uh, people refer to this album for a reason. It's still considered one of the best, uh, like, uh, what would you call it? Uh, best album of its kind. I don't know. Alt- alternative folk, whatever you want to call oh, it. In, like indie well, let's folk. say indie folk. Indie it's folk. Best indie album of all, some, one of the best of all time. Yeah. It's, it's got that status for a reason. It's weird. It's, it's really weird. It's, it's some weird stuff. It's not the most accessible. Yeah. Uh, like the most accessible song would be Eccentric. the title track. Um, but I think I think it's it's worth everybody's time to at least check it out once. Yeah, for sure. Give it a couple listens and, and <clears throat> see if it's Well, yeah, sense. at least a couple listens. Yeah, it's it's worth your time to, to check it out. Even if you don't like it, uh, it, 
doesn't hurt to listen to new stuff and give it a listen. If, you, if, if in the end you don't like it, that's okay. If nothing else, you will like the title track. Yeah, it's, it's, you'll probably like it. And at the very least, you can hear someone playing the saw, which is cool. Yeah, true. Yeah. We'll post a video of someone playing the saw on the, um, website. On the, the website. We'll either find, maybe like, an, we'll, we'll, we'll put something on there so you can find <laughs> it. At uh, bruceandtunespodcast.com. .com. That com. That com, Bob. Uh, but enough about that album. Let's, let's, let's punk it up a little bit, yo. Yeah, why not? Um, now, for a punk band, they are quite philosophical. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, which I was surprised about. A lot of the a lot of the lyrics are screaming. Yeah, it's hard to decipher um, a lot of his, his lyrics. Yeah, so once I looked up the lyrics, I was like, huh, this is all kind insightful. of deep and insightful. He's he's a pretty soft spoken guy. Their singer's named Zach Quinn. Well, you can tell that on one of the songs. Yeah. Whenever he's not screaming. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, funny. But he's he's he has a solo record that came out with Joey Cape's One Week Records. It's just oh, an acoustic really? thing. And he's I think you he told me that before. Yeah, his chord choices are great. And really? he's like he sings very well and he's soft and he's Got some insightful things to say. I'll have to check that out. But when you're listening to him full band with pairs, it's so heavy. It is uh, very, very heavy. Um, let's start off with track number one, which is basically just kind of an intro. Yeah, I'd say it's an intro. In a way. It's an audio recording. There's like, yeah, there's a really weird audio recording of this. I think it's like teaching shapes to a child. It sounds like it, it was seems recorded like... from, my, my interpretation is they like ripped this from a VHS. Of someone's Christmas. Christmas? Yes. Like a kid was opening a toy and maybe he... Like from a Christmas? Yeah. And and that's why it got, it got the title. Which is? Green... Oh, Christmas 91. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the voice at the beginning, that's, that's like... It sounds like a mom talking to a daughter. No. A son. The thing, the thing it says, blue, triangle, red, square, green, star. It sounds like a kid's toy. Yeah, that's what I was saying yeah. at the beginning. And it's like a mom with a kid, and they're playing yeah. with it. And he's like, "Green and then, star." And then, yeah, the little kid's like, "Green star." And then the mom's like, "Who's, <laughs> whose birthday is it today?" And then the little the toy keeps saying, "Green star, green star, they green are, star." They are not religious. <laughs> no, it's very not. clear in one of the it songs. Is, it is very clear in most of the songs. Most actually. of the songs, but there's one song that's very, very, uh, very yeah. about it. <laughs> You'll have to let me know when I get to that song. Yeah. Um, so on to track number two, called Hinged by Spine. This, I gave this song five out of five. That's a cool song. And I recommended it. It's, uh, it's so good. It's super fast. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's super fast. And, and this is after the first song where they're like, green star, green star. And then they come in with drums and he's like, da 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 if you're, if you want to know what they sound like, this gives you a punch in the face, and you have no more questions about what they're going to sound like. After. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, um, I believe that this song is about life in general, with uh, slight moral references, um, and uh, very existential as well. Because mm-hmm. he, like, I think he's talking about life, um, kind of like ripping you open, basically, like the like the chorus. Talks about um like a like being yeah but in like the verse before the chorus he talks about being like stuck in a bear trap and then it like like life like rips you open like the bear trap like snaps back or whatever Mm -hmm. and then that's where the title hinged by spine is like comes from so you're like your the spine is a hinge basically Mm -hmm. and um but yeah the 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 chorus is awesome though. It's Hinge by spine. It's, it's a cool song. He's got like his voice. Yeah, super good. Uh, so I recommend that song. Um, like Steve said, it gives you a very good idea of what they're gonna sound like because it has a little bit of screaming in there and also some uh, melodic singing as well. I would forego the title of the next one. <laughs> it's yeah, so it's a, little, I. a little graphic. Um, <laughs> if you if you want to look up the. Uh, the title, the track, title of track number three, uh, you can't for yourself. It. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty graphic. Um, yeah. But there's a lot of screaming in this song, and I didn't really care for it, and I gave it three out of five. I like the like the last one third of the song, yeah. but the it's really heavy and fast and quick. Yeah. It's not my not my favorite. Um, on to track number four. Um, I, this song is called I Love My Kennel. 
And, but I love my cattle. <laughs> and uh, this is another song that is also very existential and like about life as well. Uh, there's a lot of funny lyrics in here too. They talk. There's one lyric where he talks about. He's like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll kick off my floaties once the pool is drained or something <laughs> like that. Um, so basically, the title "I Love My Kennel." Um, like a dog kennel. Basically, I would I would say it's talking about like safety nets. Yeah, like you securities. Yeah, like things that are comfortable for you, mm-hmm. um, but they're all they're also harmful, and be, because they're comfortable and it, you know, like you're not forced to do something new or like go out of your comfort zone, and then he's saying, "But I love my <laughs> kennel." Um, so yeah, things that hold us back or like hinder us um, while being comfortable. So I, I believe they're saying that that's bad, that those things are bad, and that you should forego those leashes and kennels. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good song, though. I like um, that one a lot. Yeah, I gave it uh, four to five. Uh, on to track number fumf, five or five, as us English speakers say. Uh, it's called Anadonia. Um, <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Uh, I, I think it's a name. It's the name of a person. Oh. Um, I like this song when he's not screaming. <laughs> he's, yeah, he but, screams but like, quite a bit. And, not, and that's not to say that I don't like the scream, because I do. But I th- believe that the reason I say that is because I enjoy whenever he sings melodically so much more than whenever he screams. I still like the screams. Yes, but I enjoy the melodic melodies. Yeah, I, I think more. I think the melodic parts shine through more because they're not. It's not always happening. Yeah. So when it does happen, it's always yeah. like a ooh moment. Yeah. Uh, which there's one in particular, one song in particular that I I always reference for that on this album. I'll, I'll get to that later. Okay. Um, I gave that one three point five out of five. Uh, track number six is called "The Flu." I've got the flu. I love this song. I got the flu. I gave this song four to five, and it's an honorable mention. Oh, nice. Um, it's it's a it's a very it's a short song. I think it's like only about a minute and a half long, and I believe it is just a song saying that I have the flu. <laughs> I mean, it literally that's says, pretty much I got it. The flu. I got the flu. I got the flu. <laughs> um, and <laughs> at the end of the song, it's pretty funny because. Uh, at the end, they say like, "I've got the flu," and then someone's like, "Just <coughs> <coughs> <laughs> like start coughing or something." <coughs> I got the flu. It's a, uh, but anyway, if if you want like a short song that is gonna be really catchy and heavy and fast, then get the flu also. <laughs> yeah, go get the flu. Go get the flu. Go on get to the flu. <laughs> The a? word sickness. It is real bad. It is real. I don't remember the melody of the song. It's so bad for me. Um. Anyway. Track number seven. On to the best song in the album. I agree. Track number seven. It's called Green Star. So it's the title track. Oh, title track's everywhere today, yo. Yeah. Now, I realized that I should have grabbed a green pen to write my recommendation star. Oh, by... there is a star right next to it, but it's not in green. No, it's a black it's black. That's fine. It's a black star. Oh, like David Bowie. Yeah. I would like to listen <laughs> to that album one day. Oh, would you? Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> All right. Um I believe this song is about losing someone. Yeah. Uh and wishing that you had the strength to save them. Yeah, I, I, I so think that's a fair guess. Like in that, basically wasn't that one of the uh, Neutral Milk Hotel songs about that, too? About trying to save someone? Or not saving someone. Well, maybe just about losing someone. I think it's definitely about losing someone. Um, anyway, there's uh, there's one lyric that I think kind of clearly states this. Uh, he says, Alone, confused, with the body I abused. Alone, confused, with the body I abused. Yeah. I have no idea what he says Defeat, next. passenger seat, driver steals my voice, and wears my face. Hmm. Um, so just the, uh, the fact that that's paired with, uh, the chorus, where he says, I wanted to save you, uh, something like he didn't have the strength to save us both, so, mm-hmm. like, it almost seems like it's about him being in a car accident with 
or like someone being in a car accident and them not being able to do anything about the past the person who died in the car accident while they lived you know yeah i know what you mean but it's it's a great it's, I, I yeah. think it's my favorite pair song in general it's so and that, good yeah and that's where you hear his uh dainty voice as well when he says i wanted to save you i haven't the strength to save us both do 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 <laughs> A ship is no miles out from the coast. It's so so catchy. Ba-na, I love that chorus. Yeah, it's uh, just so good. Anyway, on track number eight, called "Bug Aware," I gave this song a three out of five, and I didn't write anything about it. Uh, this is the definitely not religious song. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. If you read the lyrics, you could you could find out real quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I usually skip this song. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Oh, I remember some of the lyrics. Yeah. There, there's like a chant that's going on. Yeah. They're saying, no God. Yeah. No God. I yeah. was like, eh, there's no question there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no question. <laughs> we know what you believe, sir. Uh, track number nine is called Partridge. Um, and this kind of kicks off a couple of songs that are like below one minute. That's one of these next two songs are below one minute. They're all fast, yeah. Yeah. Fast and below one minute. Next song's really um, interesting, though. The uh, did you notice the uh, in this song Partridge? There's a guitar line. Do, 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 do. That one. Yeah, yeah. The Day Tripper. Day Tripper. Yeah. yeah. It's this it's nice so sounding weird. song, and then they go, they play the line from Day Tripper, and it goes in this really fast, heavy part. Yeah. Yeah, it throws you off. <laughs> it's really funny. Super intentional. I think they did that on their first do, album with do, a different do, song. Do, 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 do. And then it goes back into their. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, then we get into the vastly different, yeah, or this... as Monty Python would say, and now for something completely different. <laughs> Track number 10. The you song ever... is called, what? There's, there's a, a NoFX album where I, I think the title, the first song is, and now for some, something completely same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I remember that one. Remind me of that. Um, this song is called Dizzy is Drunk. Yeah, I don't know what the title is I don't know what the title to. means, but... No screaming. No screaming. No drums or bass no or guitar. No singing. <laughs> no drums. No guitar. No bass. Only it's a solo piano. Yes, a very and pleasant. It's like really piano. like a. It sounds like a classical piece. Yeah, I, I don't know where it came from. It's, yeah, I like it though. First time I heard, it, I was like, "What the heck? Who plays piano in this band?" Um, someone must. That's why I gave it three point five out of five, because I really liked it. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a nice change, change of pace. pace. Mm-hmm. A very awkward, abrupt change of pace. Yeah, and then right after that goes back into it. Yep. Yep. Um, It goes right back into it on track number 11 called Snowflake. And this is another one of those songs that is very existential and Mm -hmm. asking the question, am I a god or another... um, Oh, gosh. Jesse's handwriting is worse than mine. Yeah. What is that word? What is that word? Am I God or, or another, another such mar- another such marionette? No, it's not. Maybe it is such. Yeah, that's such marionette. Am I such marionette to to built? Sorry. Am I God or another or another such marionette built to believe he is unique? Oh, interesting. So that's the that line kind of sums up that mm-hmm. song. Um, I gave it four out of five in an honorable, honorable mention. Pretty darn good song. Uh, the next song, track number 12, is called Cloverleaf. Not the movie. You mean Cloverfield? Yeah, not the movie. Yeah. The movie's exactly. Cloverfield. This is Cloverleaf. Exactly. Not the movie. That's what I said. Yes. <laughs> We're in agreement. <laughs> um, I very much like parts of this song. Yeah. Again, it's the whole screaming thing. And again, not that I don't like it, but I thought, I think the beginning part where it's like more melodic and it almost sounds like a, like a, I don't know what type of music it is, but it's like almost like a alternative rock instead of punk rock. No, I, I get what you mean. And little, I like, different. I like that more than when they're screaming in this song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's still really good though. It's not my favorite one on the album, but it's, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the next song, track number 13, is called The Tile of St. Stewart. The Tile of St. Stewart. This is a song where 
I really don't care for the first two thirds of it, but the last third the last has part this of good. awesome melody. Yeah. So I can sit through the first part of it just to get to that part. Because every time I get to that part, I'm like, oh, yeah, I like this music. Um, not, I mean, I could see that, but all I wrote down was meh. <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, I gave it two out of five. Fair enough. Just because, I don't know. Your call. Your call. Your ratings, dude. Uh, yeah, it is, dude. Anyway, uh, so that song was okay. Or as I said before, meh. <laughs> well, what about the... On to Wait, track- is there somebody here? What? Hold on a second. Did I hear the same thing that you heard? A doorbell. <laughs> nah. You probably just read my a piece of paper. <laughs> I did read a piece of paper. <laughs> The paper that is your notes for this album. <laughs> um, the title of track number 14 is Doorbell. <laughs> yes, it is. As Steve has previously alluded to with his joke story. With my illusion. Yes. Illusion. What a, who knows, whatever. <laughs> I, think I, I'm, I think I'm using wrong words. Illusion. Illusion or illusion? Illusion, not illusion. Illusion, um... What's Crap, what's the difference? Illusion. English lessons for another day. No, illusion. I think I know the difference. Well, we to ask well, Siri. Look it up. No, don't, ask, don't ask. Well, I guess you could if you wanted. Um, My Siri is Australian, so I have to ask with an Australian accent. Siri. Define illusion. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> and it always gets it, yeah. To call something to mind without mentioning it explicitly. Okay. Yeah, it is so that, correct. that's almost like a metaphor then. And illusion is like a, a physical, like a physical, yeah, illusion yeah. that you can see. Yeah, like a magician makes illusions. That's what I was gonna say, but I, I didn't know how to word it. Fair enough. Well, what do you say about this song, Doorbell? Five out of five recommendation, boy. That's a good song, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Uh, it's super melodic. Um, there's a really cool kind of like slower instrumental bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one point which, uh, when he just says rock and roll, <laughs> and then they like go back into mm-hmm. the song. It's great. But there's another change of pace after this one. There really is. Um, this next song, track number 15, is called Jump the Poopin' Ship. But they don't say poopin', they say the F word. <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't actually say it. No, the title says it. it's just the title. Because no and one says anything in this song. It's a, because it's another solo piano song. Mm-hmm. It's great. I love it. Maybe they're saying they're jumping the ship by putting another solo piano song. In. Maybe uh, it's another nice, peaceful. Yeah, it's a really it. nice, peaceful, like serene song. It's great. I love it. Um, but in uh, I listen to my music in Google Play, mm-hmm. and in Google Play, it says it has the little explicit e by the title. Oh, really? Just because of the title? I think so, so, yeah. That's so funny. Even though it's just like solo piano. <laughs> I guess it's explicit if you're reading it. I guess, yeah. And uh, to end it all, track number 16 is called Great, Great Mount Ida. And I give it four or five, and it's a pretty catchy song. Yes, it is. It's a good album. I like it. I think uh, I it, like took, it took me a little, a little bit of warming up to it. <clears throat> Uh, but yeah, when I when I when I first heard it, um, like the 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 title track and the first song were the ones that really stuck out. And the rest of it, I was kind of like, eh, it's, it's not bad. And then I listened yeah. to it more and more, and I really started to like it a lot. Yeah. But I like Pairs. They just came out with a new split with a band called Direct Hit, and it's really good. Also, worth checking by, out. By split, you mean? I mean, there's six songs from Pairs and six songs oh, from okay. Direct Hit, gotcha. and one one song from each band is a cover of the other band. Okay, that's and pretty cool. Pairs actually took a Direct Hit song. And they covered it, and they put part of another direct hit song in that song, and they also took a portion from a song by, um, what's that band where they wear masks? Masked Intruder. Uh, they took a <laughs> Masked Intruder song and put that, so it's like three different songs in one almost. Just what's little that one. What's that one band where they wear masks? I mean, like they wear like ski masks, different colored ones, they're really yeah, funny. Funny. Masked Intruder. The ones just, put them up, put them up, put them up. I, I got, got a knife. Put them up. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're funny. Well, I'll have, to, I'll your, have to check that out. How's your brew treating you? As it's gotten warmer, it's almost gotten like danker and thicker. Yeah, I, I guess yeah. Mine, 
I, I can drink it now. There's no more bubbles everywhere. Uh, but mine, the, True. the mouthfeel is way too light on this. Mm. And when we, for those of you who don't t- uh, talk about mouthfeel of beer, I guess we can explain <laughs> that. Um, it's essentially like the, is it thick? The is it light? The consistency of the beer in your mouth. Yeah. And so it's, it's really thin feeling and super carbonated. So like it bubbles up and it kind of dissipates really quickly. It's weird. You'd have to maybe buy another one. Like it might be that it's maybe a no, slightly bad batch. I don't think so. I think that really? might be it. I, I have no idea. I've had Belgian beers that do this. Like, huh. like some, uh, there was one Omegong that really did That's it. So the, weird. Uh, Omegong Glimmer Glass. Do you remember that one? Mm-hmm. Fantastic brew, but it was super light mouthfeel. Huh. It's, if that's intentional, then that's not really a New England style IPA. It is well. It doesn't have it's to. It's hazy. A, it's hazy, and it's it's flavor. The flavor profile is right. It's just got this weird light mouthfeel. True. Maybe it's a unique New England style. Unique. Maybe they New York. Unique New York. Unique New York. Un- <laughs> In my mind, I started messing up, so I just stopped before I said it. The best tongue twister is toy boat. Yes, it is. That's a bad one. Toy boat, 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 toy you know what, Steve? I think that's a pretty good idea. Um, I will recommend for you an album called Remain Calm by the band Hostage Calm. Okay. I think that's what it's called. Well, if it's not, you might want to look it up real quick. While I uh, try to think of the one that I'm going to recommend for you. Hostage Calm. I'm thinking... It's called Please Remain Calm. Oh, Please I'm... Remain Calm. Okay. I apologize for missing that one word. I apologize for missing that uh, thing... That makes it sound nicer. Please? Please. I left out my manners. Yeah. Manners maketh man. From that one movie. Exactly. Kingsman. Uh, Kingsman, yeah. That's a great movie. Yeah, it's one of the second ones any good. I think it I came out in so. theaters and Golden left. Circle. Yeah. I just never knew that it was actually a comic. I mean, either. It is. Curious. Very, very curious. curious. Huh. Now that we're in the British realm, I'll recommend my album for you. Okay, what is it? It is by um, a legendary, legendary artist. Blink-182? No. <laughs> Mark Hoppus has lived in England, so I made the connection. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, no, this is by, this is um, David Bowie's po- Posthumous. Is that the right word? After, released after death? Mm, I think he released it one week before he died. Mm, could be. Um, but anyway, either way, it's uh, David Bowie's album Black Star. Yeah. Definitely his last album. Uh, which is definitely is kind of like a goodbye album. Yeah, so I... Which I, is what I would I would say it is. Funny you, you recommend that. I, I remember telling you at one point in time that yeah, I'd like to hear that. That you'd like to hear... Curious. Something about a black star, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll give that a listen. Very about that. curious. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, final tally on this beer is that I would say... Actually, I, I, I'll, I'll check it into Untapped after I finish it. Yeah, finish it and, and check it in. Mine's not bad. I, I don't know if I would get this again. I would give this... If that's how it's supposed to taste, I wouldn't get it again. I'd give it a 3.5 out of 5. Yeah. It, it doesn't taste bad. It's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, anyway. uh, let's, let's give it the old magic... The old, ye old catchphrase Oh, ye old catchphrase eh? Yeah. All right. Hey, can you all catch about? For those of you who don't speak British... <laughs> I said, let us give the old catchphrase and drink it down into our belly. Oh, yeah, let's get your catchphrase in my belly. All right, let's get your catchphrase in my belly. Hey, I'll go ahead and get this rope down in my belly. And then I'll say the magic word catchphrase, and we'll be able to drink this beer rope down in our belly. So let's get it on with that, okay? Fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> Roytio, then, old boy. That's pretty cool. There are so many different uh, dialects. Yeah. Different accents from, from Brit- England. Yeah. But whatever. Anyway. No disrespect <laughs> towards the British. We love, we love you guys. No, we definitely love you guys. Yeah, thanks for 
Invading America, I guess. Oh, God. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, enough about history and whatnot. Uh, why, don't we, why don't we uh, clink and say the magic word to the present? To the present. I'm going to drink all of my beer. <laughs> wow, that was delicious. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, my name is Stephen Johnston. And that laughing fellow is Jesse Titus. This is, has been, and at least for one more episode, will be American Brews and Tunes. Oh, we should uh, mention what we're doing for the next couple episodes. Oh, yeah, we're going to do some some little short episodes, just uh, one, uh, one album review. Because we're, um, we're coming up on Christmas. Yeah, so we're going to... time, so we're going to... So potentially the next episode you hear might not be the one with Hostage Call and David Bowie. We might be reviewing a... Pup, a pup album. Pup album, maybe Jeff Rosenstock, we'll see. Yeah, it's kind of like an in-between thing, so we don't have to worry about recording a super long episode yeah. for uh, during the Christmas break. Yeah, so look out for those. I'm Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably take that out. <laughs> Stop joking. <laughs> uh, I was quoting... <laughs> Jeez. I was quoting, um, what's that movie called? Um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I'm <laughs> Mary Poppins, y'all. Uh, this is American Brews and Tunes. We're going to sign off because this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> Bye. Oh my gosh. Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song. Just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity-beebity.